have ever heard or sang the Sunday school song. Let me move over here. Um, Father Abraham. <laughs> it it kind of goes like this. Father Abraham had many sons, yeah? And many sons had Father Abraham, and I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. And then you have all these hand mo motions, and um, at one of the corps that I used to uh, be assigned to, the kids wanted to sing that song every Sunday. And if you know this tune, you, you sing the whole tune, then you say right arm, and then you sing the whole tune again while you're doing this, and then you do your arm, then your leg, and your other leg, and your head, and your... Anyway, it goes on and on and on. But the idea is that Father Abraham was the father of many. Um, he is a father figure, apparently, right? So that's why we sing the song. Well, this month we've been focusing on men of faith leading up to Father's Day. Now, Abraham is introduced in the Old Testament, and he is talked about through the whole Bible. So if you hear, I'm sure most of you, if you've been to church and you're familiar with the Bible, you've heard of Abraham in some way or another. <clears throat> his story and his legacy live on in the lives of those who strive to live by the faith in God that he possessed. So we're going to look today at some of the qualities of Abraham and find out why he is called the father or the father of us all. So his story is recorded in the book of Genesis after the flood of Noah. So if you're familiar with that, uh, Genesis is the first book in the Bible and a lot of stuff happened and then remember Noah's ark and then the, then it flooded and then they re... Um, repopulated the earth after Noah. So Abraham is part of Noah's family and it says in Genesis chapter 10 verse 32, these are the clans that descended from Noah's sons, arranged by nation according to their lines of descent. All the nations of the earth descended from these clans after the great flood. And Abraham is listed after couple generations, maybe three or four generations, and Abraham was born. So at this time, the different clans were moving around, and they were trying to find a place to call home while repopulating the earth after the great flood. Remember, it wiped everyone out. And at the same time, God was still working on the lives of his people. Well, when Abraham was about 75 years old, God spoke to him. Now, in those days, the Bible says that it records people living two, three hundred years. Okay, so 75 years old back then isn't as old as you and I are thinking about today, 75 years old. So I'm not really sure what was going on there, but that's how it works. So 75, if he was 75 and he died when he was around 300, 75 is kind of young, right? <laughs> so, but God called him when he was 75. And God said to him, Abraham, Leave your native country, your relative, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. All right, so at this time, he gets this message. 
Abraham is married. He lives among his family in Haran, where they had settled. Abraham was content, as far as we can tell. So there doesn't seem to be any reason why he would want to leave, especially if he was, you know, with his family, and it was much easier to live in that community that was all set up with the people he knows and the people he loves. Does it make sense? So Abraham had a decision to make. Follow God and leave to the unknown or stay and be content with his life in Haran. Sometimes God gives us choices in our lives that may be similar. He may ask us to leave our family and venture into the unknown. He may be asking us to leave a person or a situation, even though at the time things may seem all right, or maybe not. God has given us free will, meaning we have the option to choose. And sometimes that's kind of dangerous, but God has designed it that way. So what, did they, what do you think Abraham chose to do? Well, he chose to listen to God, right? He took his wife, Sarah, and he took his nephew and a few other people and some, and some supplies, and he headed out. Didn't know where he was going, but he headed out. Now, in the New Testament, which is like thousands of years later, all right, the people remembered this great faith. And they said, it was by faith that Abraham obeyed God when, when he was called to leave his home and go into another land. And God would give, that God would give him as an inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God had promised, he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner, living in tents. And so did his descendants, Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. It was also by faith that even his wife Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. And so a nation of people came from this one man who was as good as dead. A nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there's no way to count them. And isn't that what God had promised him, right? You see, Abraham set out on this journey of faith, but it was not an easy road. You may be thinking, oh, well, you know, everything was just handed to him. And that's not the case. There were plenty of bumps. One of the major bumps was the fact that after many years, his wife, Sarah did not have any children and they were getting old and God had promised that they would have many descendants as many as the stars in the sky and the sands and the shore and Abraham's like wait wait God what's going on here you promised this and my wife can't even get pregnant and we're you know and so the Lord when he when Abraham questioned him the Lord took Abraham outside and he said look up into the sky and remember back then there wasn't street lights and pollution. <laughs> so imagine, look up into the sky, in the night sky, in the darkness, and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. This is really a key verse. This is a really something that you need to pay attention to. Because 
when we start talking about salvation and we talking about living by faith and all this, and a lot of people try to say that that's a New Testament thing, it's not. You go back to Genesis and you read this verse to them. The Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. All right? When God, when God promises what seems impossible, we need to remember that God created everything. And God can change anything at any time. But what God wants from us is our faith, right? And the Lord counted him righteous because of his faith. The Bible doesn't say that the Lord counted him righteous because he followed all the rules or because he was perfect or because of who his daddy was. In fact, I read some commentary where saying that his dad was actually pagan, where he actually came from, you know, like some of the, the family had kind of wandered off. And so that could be one of the reasons why God had him leave his family, because he needed to get away from that. They were worshiping multiple gods. That could be one reason why God called him out that way. But why was God, why was he counted righteous? It was because of his faith. We know that he wasn't perfect, because if you read earlier, him and his wife, as they were leaving, they were going through Egypt. And he told his wife, when they ask, since you're such a beautiful woman, they're going to kill me and take you if, you if I tell you that, tell them that you're my wife. So tell them you're my sister. And so he lied. The Pharaoh found out, got really upset. But, of course, God worked it all out because God wasn't trying to kill Abraham. And if Abraham would have had, you know, had his faith been strong then, at the beginning of the journey... You know, he wouldn't have had to lie to the Pharaoh because he would know God would take care of him. But see, he wasn't perfect. You know, he lied. You know, he he was dishonest and he, he out of fear. But, you know, um, but that's what, you know, who we are. You know, we, we're not perfect, but God calls us to have faith. So God wants us to listen to him. God wants us to follow him even when it seems impossible. And when we mess up, which we all will and we all do, right? We all mess up. And there will be consequences. We can't get rid of the consequences, right? If we do something, there's consequences. However, if we recognize this and we, and we ask God to help us to get back on the track and forgive us, then we can move on. And that's what he did. You know, they, they worked it out you know, and they just moved on. And that's what God wants from us. He wants our faith. Abraham continued in faith, and sure enough, guess what? In the old, in their old age, they had a son. It was seemed very impossible. And and it was it's a good story if you want to read it, about how even Sarah laughed when the angel told her she was gonna have a child. But God promised and God provided. It seemed impossible. They'd been waiting years. You know? I don't know how... I didn't really look how old she was. But probably 100 years old. Having a child. Or whatever, right? You're like, what in the world? That's not... That's not even possible. But it was possible. Well, guess what? Things still weren't always as easy as you would think. And... <clears throat> When Abraham's son Isaac was a boy, God called him again and tested his faith again. And this time, you know what he asked him to do? God told him, Abraham, take your son, your one and only son, the son that I've promised you, the son that I said was going to be 
you know, the, the first of many, many thousands of descendants. And you know what I want you to do with him? Take him up to the mountain and sacrifice him. What? You want me to kill my son? I, w I don't know about you guys, but there's my son right there. If God asked me to take him up to the mountain and sacrifice him, I'd be like, no, are you kidding me? I ain't killing my kid. You know? And, but this was, and in Abraham's mind, if you think about it, what is a sacrifice? Sacrifice is giving something up. You know, giving something up. And just, uh, in Abraham's mind, he was probably thinking, well, you know, God, God's been so faithful to me, or so good to me. How can, you know, how can I ever repay God? And I guess, if, you know, and I guess he's probably thinking, even though his heart was broken, he was probably like, you know what? The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. And so he took his son, and they walked up that mountain, and his son kept asking him, Dad, where's the, where's the lamb or where's the animal for the sacrifice? And he kept, God's going to, don't worry, God's going to provide. Because he wasn't going to tell his son, hey, hey, let's go up to the mountain so I can kill you today for a sacrifice. Because then he probably would have ran away. I know I would have. <laughs> you know, like, oh, Dad, you're crazy. <laughs> you know, I think you got dementia or something, Alzheimer's, I don't know. But he didn't question God, right? He did not, the Bible does not say that he questioned God. He went up there. And he, and he prepared the offering, and he prepared his heart, and he prepared his mind. And then, right at, the, right at the last second, an angel appeared to him, and he stopped him. And he stopped him. And, and he says, um, he said, the, the angels from heaven said, this is what the Lord says. Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies, and through your descendants all the nations of the earth will be blessed, all because you have obeyed me. Isn't that amazing? And then right after that, uh, a ram, God provided a ram, and he and so Abraham sacrificed that. And and guess what? And so it was, you know? And so God fulfilled his promise. Abraham's descendants carried not only his DNA, but the love and faith that he had in God. That's even more important, you know? And guess who, thousands of years later, became one of his descendants. Oh, don't you love the Bible? I love connecting all this stuff. Because some people say the Old and New Testament, oh, they're so different, they don't connect. I'm like, you can't have one without the other. They connect completely. So if you look at Matthew chapter 1, that's in the New Testament, thousands of years later, there is a genealogy. You know what that is? The lineage of your family. You know how you have a family tree, you know, grandma and great-grandma and great-grandpa and all them? Well, they start the they start it um, in Matthew, and it says, "This is a record of the ancestors of Jesus, the Messiah, a descendant of David and Abraham." Jesus is a descendant of Abraham. God knew what He was doing. God's plan of salvation began thousands of years before Jesus was a twinkle in His parents' eyes. Right. Abraham was the father of salvation before Jesus walked the earth and preached it. 
God had a plan before he even created creation, right? <laughs> God already had a plan. He already knew. You know, if you look at it, Abraham was just, he wasn't anyone special. He was a typical person like us. But you know what, what made him special was that he believed and he had faith and he trusted God. He listened when God called. He believed God's promises even when it looked impossible. He was counted righteous in God's eyes because of his faith, even though he wasn't perfect. Right? None of us in here can say that we're perfect. We've all made mistakes. We all had troubles and trials, but I can tell you that God is talking to all of us, even though we're not listening sometimes. Even God talks to me sometimes, and I don't even pay attention to what he's saying, you know? Because I'm too busy worrying about my own well, God, it's not going to work out, you know, I'm just getting, it's been too long, or, you know, or this isn't, it's just too impossible, this just was never going to happen. But the problem is when you start thinking those things, you don't have time to listen to what God's doing, saying, you're, you can't see what he's doing in your life, and you keep setting yourself back. But Abraham wasn't like that, he learned, he learned that he had to, he had to. if he was going to survive, especially, you know, being out in a foreign lands, and going to places unknown where he was the foreigner considered maybe the enemy he had to be on guard we need to be on guard in this world that we're living in we need to be on guard to make sure that people aren't telling us well you're ugly and you're stupid and we're believing that you know you're dumb you're never going to make it but we have the choice do we believe that or do we believe that God has a plan for us right? Especially the kids in here. You got to start making your minds up now and know that you're special and that God called you for a purpose too. Don't let people get you down, make fun of you or whatever. That's their own insecurities. But you have faith and know, you know what? God's with me. You know what? I'm not stupid. You know what? These kids at school, maybe they have problems. Pray for them. You know, pray for your enemies is what God says, you know? have faith. Abraham had faith. I'm sure people made fun of him or, you know, were mean to him. Who knows? You know, I'm sure he came up against a lot of opposition. Oh, your wife is, you haven't had any kids? Oh, there's something wrong with you. Because that was a big issue back in the day. If you didn't have kids, a lot of times, the thing is, is that Abraham could have divorced. He could have left his wife because she didn't have kids at a younger age. And that was very common and she would have been shunned. Right? But God had a plan. God planned for them to have Isaac, and Isaac had Jacob, and Jacob had whoever, and they all had all these kids until, guess what? Mary and Joseph had Jesus, right? And Jesus changed the world and, and as we know it, and he brought us closer to God and to reveal salvation. But Abraham himself was having that kind of faith back then. You know, um... Can you imagine what would have happened if he didn't listen? If God had called him to do this, and he said, Nah, never mind, I'm going to stay here with my family, I'm, I'm living the good life. What would have happened then? Or what if what, what he would have left his wife, and they never would have had Isaac? Or what if he would have not ever had the faith to take his son up to the mountain? You never know. And sometimes, when God's calling you to do something right now, and you think it doesn't make sense but you don't know the bigger plan, you know? 
So what are some ways that we can do this? What are Think about what God is calling you to do right now in your life, even if it seems impossible. Because God does put those desires in our heart. He really does. God, When God was calling me to be a Salvation Army officer, are you kidding me? I made up every excuse in the world not to do this. Well, I'm young. I'm, I'm a single mother. I'm divorced. I have no money. You know, I'm broke. I live with my parents. You know, I haven't lived the best life. You know, I haven't been the best person. God, why would you want me to do this? And God kept pushing and pushing and pushing, you know, until I just finally was like, you know, all right, I'll just step out in faith. And I was like, all right, God, I surrender. What do you want? What do you want to do with me? You know, use me. And when you do that, I'm telling you, your life will change. My life changed, not overnight, but it did change because I changed the way I was thinking and I had begin to have more faith. Like, all right, God, I'm in this terrible situation, but I know from reading the Bible, I know from, you know, talking to my Christian friends, I know from the, the prayers and the signs that you've been giving me, which I totally wanted to dismiss, that this is where you're leading me. So think about what God is calling you to do. Think about what it is that you have this longing in your heart or this desire for, you know, and, and then begin to ask God to continue to show you what he wants you to do because who knows where God's going to lead you who knows what God's going to do with you and your ancestors and the people that he brings to you and remember this God wants the best for each one of us God doesn't want anybody to fail he wants us all to succeed like seriously I, I, God but we have but we have the choice that's what that's the problem when people say well, why does God make this happen in my life? Well, it's because we have to think about the choices that we have made in our life. And then we have to get back on track, move on, move forward, you know, learn your lessons, forgive, and move forward. And, those, and it's not always easy, but if we can keep those things in mind and have faith and remember that sometimes things are not going to happen in your time, but in God's perfect timing. We want it now, right? <laughs> Especially the younger generation. I want it right now. Right now. Why can't I have it right now? Right now. I want this right now. I want a big mansion right now. I want a car right now. I want, you know, a tall, handsome husband right now. <laughs> but God's like, wait a minute. I'm preparing you for this journey. I'm preparing you, and I'm preparing your heart and your mind and your soul, and I'm preparing everybody else around you. So we got to wait on God's timing. Sometimes God may be testing our faith, just like he did with Abraham's son. In those times, we need to be patient as well. All right, God, what's going on here? Why, why is this happening? I'm in this situation. What do you want me to do? But remember that God spared Abraham's son, and God had a plan for him too. And God has a plan for you guys. And me too. i got to remember that as well. And just remember that it's not about being perfect. When, when Paul and everybody in the New Testament, you know, talking about how everything got so bad because the Jewish people were just trying to pile on, pile on, pile on laws, laws after law after law. And it's not about that. It's about loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, and having faith. 
that he's going to get you through this and faith that he knows what he's doing and faith that the impossible can happen. This morning, we're going to give you a time that you can pray, that you can think about, reflect on what what is God saying in your heart this morning. God might be working on you and, you know, what what is God saying to you? The altar will be open, um, or you can pray in your seat, and I believe that Captain Jennifer will have some music playing. But I want you, before you leave today, reflect on what is it that God might be speaking to your heart today. Because you don't want to let the moment pass by. And if you've never, if you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, if you've never done that, Maybe today could be that day. Or if you want to rededicate your life to God, say, you know what? When I was younger, I asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior, but I kind of got off the road. Get right with God today. But it's, we all have free will, and we all have the choice and decision is in our heart. So right now, I want everyone to be in prayer, and we'll have music playing here in a minute, and we'll, um, and the altar will be open as well.
just kind of feeling right now is, oh Lord, we thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done. Lord, we thank you for the example that you've given us in Abraham. Of faith, Lord, of being willing to step out on faith and to follow your will in our lives, knowing and trusting in you, and that you will be faithful to us as we are faithful to you. And Heavenly Father, we just pray for this. In Jesus' name, amen.